What's up? I'm Kevin Schuster, and this is the Kevin Schuster Perspective MMA Show, Episode 1. Let's get it started. don't know who I am. I'm Kevin Schuster. Uh, I've been a UFC fan probably for roughly five years or so now. It all started back. I was in the hotel room. Me and my dad had traveled a little bit um, for one of my soccer games. And I had known a little bit about it. But, you know, didn't watch it all the time. I was always into soccer and football and stuff, so it wasn't anything crazy that I thought about getting into, but we flipped it on. It was a, it was a Saturday night. We, it was a, just a free UFC fight night. It was on Fox at the time. I think it was back in 2015, um, and it was TJ Dillashaw. And I don't remember exactly who was fighting, but me and my dad just fell in love with it. First of all, it was an outstanding performance. He won performance of the night, I know for sure. And and then from there on out, you know, it's me and him. Pretty much, we'd we'd get as many pay per views as we could, um, you know, every year. Um, I mean, I remember the first big one I think we bought was McGregor versus Mendez, which I got to admit was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, I actually went to one event, which ended up being the greatest event in the history of the <laughs> sport. But um, this was UFC 205. And uh, I don't know if people remember it, but obviously that was when Conor McGregor became the double champ against Eddie Alvarez. But if you look at this card, I got it here. Let me break it down for you. The One of like the least known fighters on the card was Vicent Luque who beat Bilal Muhammad. I mean, he there was a, he knocked him out where he was on the ground, I mean, for, for five minutes. We didn't know what was happening. He was just literally knocked out, like almost what Jorge Masvidal just did to Ben Askren. It was that bad. You had Habib Nurmagomedov in the prelims. He wasn't even a, a champion yet. He was in the prelims. Frank Yeager against... Jeremy Stevens, both great, maybe Hall of Famers, you know. Main card, Raquel Pennington versus Misha Tate. Unbelievable. Misha Tate, former champion. Uh, Yoel Romero, Chris Weidman. Joanna, uh, Young Jacek, obviously. She'll be fighting Zhang soon for the, for the title. I'm super excited about that one. Uh, and then it was... Woodley versus Stephen Thompson, and then McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. Three championship fights all in one night. Absolutely spectacular. I mean, that was the best performance by McGregor, I, I think, I've ever seen. But very close to that is what he just did to, to Cowboy. So that's what I'm going to jump into first. It was the first big event of the year. UFC 246. Now... 
there's a lot of a lot of people thinking that it was an easy fight for Connor, and that Cowboy, you know, is a little washed up. He's on the the later years of his career. He's just getting some money to support his family and his kid. All right. First of all, maybe. There's, but there's also nothing wrong with you taking a fight because you know you're going to get a big paycheck. He does have a kid. He has a wife. You know, it's a, it's a nice family. They're all great people. So getting offered the biggest fight of your lifetime, even if it's a stretch, which it was, I never in a million years thought McGregor would lose. I thought the advertising they did was pretty good and that they tried to make it look even. Like it could be a test, even though it never was. Um, but don't think Cowboy didn't try or anything like that. He still had his his full camp, did exactly what he normally did, but he went in there and just got rocked, and that's what happens. I mean, Aldo's one of the greatest featherweights, if not the greatest featherweight of all time. McGregor went in there, first clean punch he threw, knocked him right out. Aldo was training years and years, and then for, for that specific fight, pro- probably had one of the toughest camps he's ever had. So, has nothing to do with Cowboy, but when you get into the fight... McGregor was unbelievable. He first, first of all, he came out trying to take Cowboy's head off with that that straight left that he threw, but Cowboy ducked under it. But McGregor's force from that from that punch literally threw his knee right into the side of Cowboy's head. Never a great way to start the fight. We saw that, like I said earlier, with Jorge Masvidal. Never want to start a fight like that. When they clinched up, I don't think anyone has ever utilized those shoulder strikes as much as McGregor at all. I mean, the first couple broke Cowboy's nose. The one, uh, you know, uh, cracked his orbital under his under his left eye. And then when they break apart, then, you know, they're back ready to fight. But McGregor's pristine condition, Cowboy has a broken nose, and, you know, his left eye is almost useless. And this is 20 seconds into the fight. The fight. Obviously, Cowboy threw a uh, uh, leg kick. McGregor blocked it, threw one of his own, connected, rocked him completely. And then, if you're phased, if you're kind of fading now, almost knocked out. McGregor has accuracy; he's gonna put you away easy. And that, and that was that. Um, thought it was an outstanding performance from McGregor, honestly. But not, nothing to take away from Cowboy, one of the best fighters of all time. You know, he has the most wins. The most finishes, most head kick, knockout victories. It's all incredible. Um, especially doing it for so long, your your body is just completely beat up. I mean, every every day you're getting hit, hitting people is, you know, nothing but respect to him. But a lot of people said, especially Stephen A. Smith, which was kind of absurd. But he said that we didn't see anything from McGregor think that's absolutely untrue um McGregor went in there after you know a whole year off you know doing whatever he was doing he said the camp for Khabib he was unfocused you know drinking partying you know he'd still train you know almost as much but then would just in his free time do do less um you know in care of his body 
Um, but it, he looked like a completely changed person. All of his interviews before the fight, and when I say changed, I mean his men, his perspective on fighting changed, not his, his own mindset. Because you saw it even when he beat Cowboy, and then after in, a, in his post-fight interview when he was calling everybody out, you saw that side of him, that um, arrogant side, because he was calling everyone out. Um, but he's looking at fights now like, like he used to. Like He just wants to get in there, perform for his fans, and, and be the best he possibly can. Um, doesn't really matter who the opponent is. I know he's he's been trying to fight Khabib and, like, <laughs> talking to Dana, you know, a lot about it. Um, but I don't know yet. Uh, there's plenty of people that could fight Khabib, you know. Poirier could have another rematch. There's plenty of people. And McGregor was at, at 170. Looked great. But the issue with that is that you know, that's a pretty stacked division. Both divisions, the the lightweight and welterweight, are, are very stacked divisions. But first, Habib has to get through Tony Ferguson, who's a freak of nature. But after that, I mean, if, if Khabib wins that, and then I think McGregor needs to win another fight, probably at 155 first, which would pretty... I mean, it would be Poirier... Gagey, or like Dan Hooker, but he just fought um, UFC Auckland. Great performance. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think him versus Poirier or, or Gagey is definitely what's next. I see no reason why he would lose to either of those people. As good as Poirier is, I think he's too slow for McGregor. And then Gagey, I, I know he's very experienced, but I don't know in that. Uh, massive of a fight, how how it would go for him. But uh, I mean, oh, a Nate, a Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz trilogy, he could do that. I mean, those first two fights were great. But I, I don't know. Diaz keeps doing that. He's on and off. Is he retired? Is he not? You, you don't know. I, I don't know. No one knows when he's fighting again. If he's fighting again. Um. You know, he lost that, that BMF title to Jorge Masvidal, which was a great fight. Um, it ended, obviously, with a doctor stoppage. Cause, but with Diaz, I would never have a doctor stoppage. With that guy, he could be bleeding from 20 different spots and purple from all the bruises he has everywhere, swollen. doesn't matter. I, you can never rule him out of a fight, especially when it goes into for, the fourth and fifth round. You can't do it. He's a he's a great fighter, great competitor, great trash talker. You know, he has all the qualities to be a great fighter. So the Dr. Savage was was iffy. It's it's almost like he that doctor has never watched Nate Diaz before. And obviously I think they should do their research just as much as anyone else because you should know Diaz bleeds easily, but doesn't care whatsoever. Does he could break a bone, doesn't care. Um, yeah, back to McGregor, uh, I know there's talks of something with Mayweather or Pacquiao. Now look, if Floyd comes in to an octagon against anyone, he will get obliterated. 
it would not be close. I mean, people are saying him versus CM Punk. Um, CM Punk, I'm pretty sure, only has one UFC fight he lost. Didn't do bad, necessarily. But I think CM Punk would win, easily. But that would be the only chance, because CM Punk's, you know, a, a, a former WWE wrestler. So he, he doesn't have as much experience either. So that would be the only good fight, I think. Anyone else? Anyone in the top 15 of any division Floyd goes into wouldn't last a minute. Not even, not even close. Especially against Connor. If Cowboy, who's the most experienced fighter in the entire UFC, lasted 40 seconds, I mean, that's what's, what's going to happen to Floyd. They're going to meet in the middle of the cage. I mean, McGregor could just take him down, submit him. You know he's good enough to do that. Obviously, you can't against people like Khabib and those guys, but it would be easy for him. I know they were thinking of doing uh, changing the rules a bit if they fought in in the Oxcom, but McGregor said he he would never do that. So I don't know if there was like a no like no wrestling, no kicking rules. So it would just be punching and elbows and clenching and stuff like that but yeah, I don't think McGregor would ever do that McGregor would win that too very easily no it wouldn't even be a challenge for him the Pacquiao fight's interesting because I thought McGregor did very well in the in the boxing fight against Floyd Floyd's the best of all time especially defensively so for McGregor to land some nice shots on him and last what was it 10 rounds it's not bad if I was John Cavanaugh, I'd, I'd completely respect that 100%. And if I was boxing fans, I think you also have to respect that a little bit. If, in comparison, if if a boxer went into the UFC and, and made it into the, uh, you know, fourth round or so, fourth or fifth round of of a big, of a big fight against a, a very good UFC opponent, then you'd give him all the credit in the world. So I, th- I think it's the same way there. Um, all right, st- sticking to the UFC 246. Otherwise, the card was it was okay. Um, Holly Holmes, that fight was the most boring fight I've ever watched against Raquel Pennington. I don't think I've ever seen a fight um, be against the cage for 15 minutes. I don't think that's ever happened in the sport. Very boring fight, but Holly Holmes did exactly what she needed to do to win that fight you know she knows Raquel's getting better as as she goes on and she has some nice power so so Holly just limited that by closing all the distance pushing her up against the cage and she knew she had the physical strength advantage over her, so she just used that um pardon my my pronunciation but Alexi Olenek I believe it is um, that was an unbelievable performance. Uh, I mean, he, he has what it was like, what some of the most submissions I've ever seen. He he has 58 wins in MMA total, obviously not that many in the UFC, but out of the 58, he's so many submissions that it's insane. And he tried, I mean, he, he was trying to submit, uh, Maurice Green for, for a minute on the ground, more than that. 
and where he's finally, finally, uh, you know, had to give up, but not give up. He just, you know, couldn't take it anymore. Olenek's just that good at uh, submissions. So that was a that was a great performance. Overall, it was a great night. I went home, uh, visited my dad. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings and watched it, which not to promote Buffalo Wild Wings or anything, but if you ever want to, you know, go to a fun fight night where fans seem to actually care a little bit, go to a, go to a UFC pay-per-view event, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's really fun because you can get all the food you want in the world for like $30, whoever you're with, and then you get the fight for free, which is normally $65. Don't see why you wouldn't do that. It's a, it's, it was a super fun experience, I'll, you know, because you have Connor's going to bring people that like him and dislike him. And it was just really funny. Yeah, I, there's people wearing cowboy hats. You know, there's people with the Irish shirts on. And it was just, it was just a, a great night. Um, super excited for whatever McGreg- whoever McGregor fights next. It's going to be a great fight. I wish I could go out to see it again in person. Um, I don't think he's not going to be retiring anytime soon, but definitely want to make it out there, uh, out somewhere to see him. If he's on the East Coast, is that TD Garden or Madison Square Garden again? For sure, 100% I'll be there. But if he's looking at some of the bigger fights, or maybe Khabib next, Poirier next, I feel like those are are more Vegas uh, type fights. All right. We'll move on to uh, UFC 247. Kind of controversial, but I don't know. There's there's many ways to look at it, this John Jones-Dominic Reyes fight. And I'll, I'll try to find the, you know, the takeaways in, in the decision from both point of views, but when I watched that fight, Reyes won. He won round one, two, and three. And Jones won four and five. Now, I was listening to one of Joe Rogan's podcasts. And he believes that rounds four and five should count more than one, two, and three. Rather than looking at each round individually. I disagree, but do see where he's coming from. Because if there's a a street fight... Right? Everyone, you know, they're hitting each other, going back and forth, back and forth. Even if one guy's doing really well, the other guy, boom, knocks him out with one punch. What are you going to remember? You know? What happened in that fight? The one guy won. The one guy knocked him down. Or if if you're, if there's a wrestling match, everything's even, even, even. Last second, boom, one guy gets taken down. Who looks like... They won. The person on top. The person that took him down. Now, it, it you know, doesn't really matter from Joe Rogan's point of view what happened earlier in the fight. It's how you can end it. Me, I think there's five rounds. It's a sport where you've always had to, you know, individually win each round. And I, I like it this way because some people have better cardio. So they can perform better in those later rounds if they get there and win those rounds. Good for them. Great. Um, it makes them work more because, you know, people would maybe slack off or conserve their energy more until those later rounds. 
if there's any other type of system. So I, I like how it is now, but one thing that needs to be changed is the refing. I mean, someone scored it four rounds for John Jones. He won two rounds. And if you saw something different in that he won three rounds, I can wrap my head around it. But he won two and let's say and a half rounds at the most. And this guy said John Jones won four rounds. That's not good. It's incorrect. And I, I don't know what he was looking at. Now, Angela Hill, UFC fighter, uh, she was saying, first of all, she had an amazing performance, uh, decision victory at UFC Auckland in the prelims. She's a, a great person, always nice in her interviews, positive. Uh, she started with Muay Thai, went into the, the MMA, into UFC. I think she only had like 10 years of total MMA experience. And she already, I think she just broke the, the record for the the fastest four fights ever going into the UFC. I think it was a little less than a year. She had four fights. So all the credit in the world to her. Her idea, I mean, she was, this was completely hypothetical and kind of serious kind of joking but she thinks that you know they you could have a, a ref at each of the eight sides of the octagon now obviously an even number of refs i don't know but i like where she's going maybe if there were seven you leave the one side for the commentators and and you know bruce buffer or something dana white they sit in the one section and then you have seven others just in case four vote one way, three vote the other. You know, you can get your split decisions that way. Um, more common split decision. But I think more people looking at looking at this fight is, is would definitely have been more beneficial for Dominic Reyes. You could go online and just see uh, all the fans, all the people saying that Dominic Reyes most likely won that fight. But I... And, oh, another idea is they show the scoring after each round. That, you know, you could... That, I think that would have the uh, refs definitely judge it. I feel like they would even judge it differently. Because they know, they know what the fans are seeing. And they know, and then they're going to be held accountable. Like the person that thought John Jones won round one or two. It's impossible. And then, if this is the case, and... Dana White or whomever realizes that that's just not not true at all. They should be held accountable for it. They really should be. So, alright. Yeah, I I really think Dominic Reyes won that fight. The ref the refs definitely some should be changed there. Something should be changed. I don't like the system really. The three people with the the few people, every every card, there's at least a, one fight that's, you know, you scratch your head at. You're like, how how could someone have looked at it like that? But there's new types of scoring all the time. You know, 
someone could have a bias if they think that wrestling is more important, even though striking is supposed to be first. Um, yeah, otherwise, great fight, great event. John Jones, one of the best of all time, if not the best pound-for-pound fighter of all time. Dominic Reyes is fairly new to the UFC, and he performed amazing. I don't see why he can't be a champion in the future at all, especially if there's a rematch. Because John Jones, his mindset going into these fights now, he's not super arrogant. He's not angry like when he fought Cormier both times. Uh, he's kind of relaxed, and he has these subtle, you know, uh, arrogant moments. But a lot of that, I think, is just for the camera because they need trash talking in the buildup to fights. I mean, with the McGregor and Cowboy, you had a little bit. Not really, but, you know, you can't have, before before a huge main event, you can't have the two people being like, I really respect you, and the other guy's I really respect you too, you're a great guy, I like you a lot. What? This is fighting. And as respectable as you should be, and how the majority of people are after the fights, before the fights, it, it, you know, to promote the event, what what people like to see is the the chatter and all the the arguments and the fun press conferences and and all that stuff. But yeah, John Jones hasn't really been doing that too much. And I wonder he's had all the all the fame in the world, all the success in the world. I wonder if he's slowing down. You have to wonder because his last few fights he is. It's just he hasn't been performing too too well at all. Um, I mean he's winning, obviously. But by just these these little decisions, because he just plays very defensively, like Mayweather would in boxing, plays very defensively, and doesn't let the other guy work as much, and then counters, kicks, all that, gets him gets him the gets him a decision. But I think he's got to knock people out to gain some fans back, because I was bored watching his fight. If I got something going on during his fight, his his next fight, I'll probably do whatever I was doing. Normally, I'd stop, make plans, go out, watch all the fights. You know, that, uh, unless more exciting people are on the card under him, I don't really care. I don't, a lot of times, as exciting as five fights, you know, a five-round fight is, when you don't do anything, and and especially if judges are scoring it like that, it's not that fun to watch. In all honesty, it's not that fun to watch. Um... Also on this card, Valentina Chevchenko versus uh, Caitlin uh, Chukagian, something like that. Sorry again for the pronunciation. But, all right. I don't know how to put this in the, the nicest of ways, but I'll try. No disrespect to any competition, anyone in the women's flyweight division. No disrespect whatsoever. All of them, you know, unbelievable athletes. Uh, you know, just great people. You know, dedicated, put all the time in the world to, to be where they're at. No disrespect whatsoever to that. But Valentina Shevchenko is by far the best in the division. There's no one like her. No one. I've watched her, you know, fight a few times, and every time it's just complete and utter domination. No, 
Caitlin was ranked one, you know, the the number one challenger going in going into this fight against her. They didn't look like they belonged in the same the same octagon whatsoever. It looked like Shevchenko was in a completely different division than her. And you look at the rest of the division, Jessica I, uh, Jennifer Maya, Calderwood, Roxanne Modaffery, right? These girls, they, I've watched all of them fight. They're not anywhere on Valentina's level. No way. No way. And Valentina's not slowing down. She's not getting older. She's not looking to retire. So I'm very interested in, in what she plans to do. Because if she wants to, for the next five years, wipe out the entire division over and over until she's all done, makes her money, retires, you know, unscathed, really, then cool. If that's what she wants to do, it's what she can do. But she definitely is uh, someone who likes to challenge herself. So I'm wondering if she'll, she'll maybe move divisions or what she plans on doing because this division... I just watched uh, Roxanne uh, Modaffrey and Macy Barber were just fighting. Um, Macy obviously tore ACL in the beginning of the fight. Um, I think she probably would have won. But let's put it this way. Macy Barber's the ninth seed. I say seed, but, you know, the ninth challenger. Roxanne is now five. Macy with a blown out. ACL, her left leg would buckle every few steps, would just stop working. Roxanne barely won. And Macy tore ACL in the first round. Roxanne barely won. And that was a 5 versus a 9. Chevchenko would take either of these girls and it would be utter destruction. First or second round knockout, for sure. 100%. Now, I think it's the same way for Amanda Nunes. Been watching her. Uh, I've been watching her for a long time. She's one of my favorite female fighters. Her fight against Ronda Rousey was incredible. Incredible. Rousey, the return. You know, she's looking. She looks all angry. Has a whole persona that she's the best female fighter ever Amanda Nunes took her out with ease and Nunes also fought Randomy that was a Jermaine Durandamy that was a great fight uh, Durandamy fought very very well he used her height and length very well um, Nunes was never going to lose that fight but Durandamy that was one of the biggest tests for for Nunes she couldn't close the distance couldn't get the power behind her shots as she wanted. So she, you know, she had to resort to, to other tools that, you know, normally she wouldn't need to. But when Nunes fought Holly Holm, that was another just destruction. Went in there. Uh, beautiful head kick knockout. Um, I don't know anyone catching up to her either. Because those were two great fights against Nunes where Nunes looked like she could win Almost the entire time. The Durandamy fight, there was a little slip-up uh, earlier into the fight where she got caught a little bit. But otherwise, those two are still one and two 
for challengers in that division. Duran and me and Holly Holm. And Nunes took both of them, uh, you know, beat both of them. Took Holly Holm out pretty easily. So I'm not, I'm not sure how. Because then it's just Nunes, you know, the double champ. She just became the women's featherweight champion, right? Unless girls, there's some new girls that start going to that, that division. Have a little bit more weight. A little more power behind their shots. A little bigger. I think that's really the only test for Nunes at, the, at this point in time. Otherwise, her and Shevchenko for their respective divisions are just going to keep taking people out. Until until they, you know, retire or get old enough where their performance starts to drop off due to their age, which will happen eventually, but not soon, not not anywhere soon. So, I'm excited to see, you know, what what they decide to do. Um, I don't know if Nunez, you know, if she's gonna wait for more featherweight opponents, which which division she's gonna try to defend more of. She could easily defend both. I think if she she could fight at least she could fight at least three times a year, and I would put money on her all three times, no matter who she was against. Um, same with Chevchenko. So so very interested to see see where those go, and what's gonna happen there. Now this past weekend, it's a great great, or two weekends ago I think I should I should say. Um, Dan Hooker fought in Auckland, in his home in his hometown of Auckland. Went back, um, trying to uh, against Paul Felder, who's a very good UFC commentator, very good UFC commentator, very um, intelligent. He's been a very good fighter. Um, you know, just around that, you know, that a, a a very good challenger level for for a good chunk of his career. So a very respectable guy, very good. Um, but look, I think Felder won that fight, but again, there's ways to look at it. He landed, you know, some more strikes, but I think when you looked at the significant like, uh, like strikes and counters and stuff like that, more of the in-depth stats of the striking hooker had the, had the advantage, but from a first glance, just on paper, you know. It looked like Felder had it, but I mean, both guys have fought incredibly recently. Dan Hooker's had some great knockouts. He's had two knee knockouts, two of them, almost identical, knocks people right out. Um, so there, that was a great fight, but you never know. It was in New Zealand, right? Hooker from New Zealand. The fight was kind of even. The crowd gets more excited when Hooker does something, right? So, again, that, that just resorts right back to the 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 ref, the refing, the judging system, and the refs, and what's going to happen there. So I'm not I'm not too sure if anything will ever change, but I think maybe they should. I think just adding a couple more, couple more refs could definitely make could definitely make a difference. Definitely make a difference. Now, from here on out, normally I won't go over, you know, five different events briefly in in one episode here. But there's just been so much going on, you know, and I'm kind of late 
into the into the year for the UFC. So just trying to get all my initial thoughts on everything out now. But uh, normally I'm just going to be previewing a couple of the, you know, one of the big events like UFC 248 I'll get into in a second. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be back uh, going over everything that happened. More in-depth looks at just that and what's next for those those fighters. Uh, for now, I just wanted to get a lot of the uh, big topics out of the way, you know, get my initial thoughts on all of them. I'm sure some will change as time comes, and I'll express that accordingly. But, yeah, UFC 248, March 7th, T-Mobile Arena. I am beyond excited. Two championship fights. You have Zhang defending her strawweight belt against Ioana Jacek. And then Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight belt against Yoel Romero. If he makes weight. He has missed weight a few times. I'm sure all fighters have in some respect at some point in their career. Whether it was UFC or Amateur or Bellator or wherever they were. Um, but I think Romero will definitely make weight for this one. You know, he's getting older. He's, he's older. He's 42 43-ish, I, I don't know exactly, he's getting up there, um, I mean, he started late, obviously, so his, his body is still a little bit, is, is younger, really, than, than what it normally would be, um, but Israel Adesanya is a, is a killer, I mean, he took Gaslam, he knocked Gaslam, not out, obviously, he won by decision, uh, to get the interim belt before his fight against Robert Whittaker, but, I mean, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it, you just go to UFC Fight Pass, rewatch that fighter. I'm sure it's anywhere, really. But Israel Adesanya versus um, Kelvin Gaslam. Amazing fight. But you saw two, two of the best fighters, you know, performing at the best of their ability. But in that fifth round, Adesanya just wiped Gaslam off the face of the earth. Countless knockdowns, just an overall great performance. Now, he's against Yor Romero, who's, by visual, by looks, is the scariest UFC fighter in all divisions. I think his back and neck and traps, and it's just one big plate of muscle. That's it. I mean, his neck doesn't even look that long because his shoulders and everything, his back goes halfway up his neck. That's how big his muscles are. So a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism. And that's very interesting because Adesanya is, you know, in the same way athletic, but strength-wise is not where Romero's at. And he's, but he's much lankier. And has is going to have a, a big reach advantage over Romero. So obviously that's going to be a, a big a big factor. But Paulo Costa, who's a you know one of those contenders in the in the middleweight division, great fighter. His fight against Romero was amazing. I mean, he won. Obviously, he's not fighting Adesanya because he just had. A big injury. He might have had surgery, actually. Um, so that's why Romero's gonna gonna you know take this fight. 
But uh, those guys were just swinging at each other. And Romero did a good job closing the distance and, and finding his shots against Costa, who, who is taller than him. So Adesanya, I think he's he's pretty tall. I think he's like 6'3", or something, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, six, tall guy. He'll have to close the distance more. I think maybe he should use his grappling a little bit more because he has that strength as good as Adesanya is in the wrestling and grappling aspect. I think being much thinner and and longer, not not being able to have, he doesn't have that much as much muscle. Still very strong guy, but Romero definitely has that advantage. I I would take him down, try to do ground and pound as much as possible. Um, if it stands the whole time, I think Adesanya can win. I think he has a big advantage in the in the reach and some of the striking aspects of it. Um, just his style. Romero's kind of not flat-footed, but he kind of just comes at you, you know, both hands ready to ready to go. And I think Adesanya can try to pick that apart. He has a fast enough jab. And just to sneak that in between Romero's hands, because Romero kind of just walks him down, walks his opponents down, you know. He was letting Costa just hit him, pretty much. I mean, he, he just stood there. He kept sticking out his tongue. If anyone watched that fight, Romero just kept sticking his tongue out at him. And he was just taking shots. But, I mean, he was taking them, though. He was rocked once, definitely, because Costa's one of the heaviest hitters in that division, for sure. But, I don't know. It's going to be an amazing fight. Super excited for it. But the co-main event is almost just as good. You have Whaley Zhang against Yoana Janjacek. Yoana, remember I saw her at uh, UFC 205. One of my favorite fighters ever. Uh, she's just so arrogant and just cocky. She thinks that she, when she was champion, she thought there was no one in the world that could even take her belt away, that couldn't win a single fight against her in a million tries. Yoana was that confident. Then Rose went in there, and it, you know the strawweight division. There isn't as many knockouts as you see in in some of the other divisions. Um, a lot of decision victories. Um, but Rose Namunas went in there and showed Yoana that girls in that division can knock other girls out. Pretty easily with punches. And Rose showed that. And I don't think Joanna had ever been hit by someone like Rose. That clean of a shot. That that, that Joanna's legs just completely buckled under her. Just completely stopped working. And Rose is a great fighter. I know she lost she lost to uh, Andrade recently. But I'm pretty sure they got a rematch coming up in the near future. As well planned. So that'll be a great fight. Um... But I, I know Ioana's, Ioana's definitely hungry to get that belt back. It's interesting that she gets to to fight for the belt. She just lost twice to Rose. But, you know, she is one of the best of all time. Zhang is like kind of a newer-ish fighter who, who kind of just came onto the scene. But breakout star. Unbelievable. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very good. Yoana's gonna be very determined. She's getting up there uh, uh, in terms of age, so you know she's definitely gonna want that belt back. And that's one thing with Romero too that I forgot to mention. With his age, you know he's not gonna have that many chances to fight for the title again. I know his contract in the UFC is 
I think he has four, four more fights left on his contract, something like that. So no matter what happens to this fight, he has more fights. But I don't know if he loses this one. You know, that's that's a few losses in his last four or five fights. I don't know if he'll get back up there. Because Costa's going to have to have another fight. Um, I think Costa's going to have to fight Adesanya if Adesanya wins. Then maybe a rematch with Robert Whitaker. Um, if Calvin Gaslam comes back up the rankings a little bit, you know, that could be a good fight. If Adesanya beats Romero, then you have Costa versus Adesanya and either Robert Whitaker or Romero against Kelvin Gaslam. And then the winner of those two would then hopefully fight each other. That'd be spectacular. I'm on board for that 100%. Now, it's just I'm looking at the rankings here. In, in this welterweight division, um, it's very interesting. Kamaru Usman, very, very good champion. You know, very well-rounded. Just took out uh, Kobe Covington. Um, I'm interested to see if McGregor stays in welterweight. He will fight Khabib eventually, but stays in welterweight for the mean, you know, meantime. Where he stands in this division... They have him at 15, 15th in welterweight, the UFC rankings. It's not true at all. But McGregor's probably top six. You got, you got Usman, Woodley, Covington, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards, Damian Maia, Stephen Thompson. That's top seven people. McGregor Stephen Thompson would be an unbelievable fight. Just their distance. They can have their counters, their leg strikes. Great. But I think McGregor could compete with these guys. I really do. Kobe Covington and Tyron Woodley do have some nice wrestling though. And, you know, wrestling if you can wrestle very well at one seventy, then and McGregor couldn't really handle it. I mean he could, but he was taken down a lot by Chad Mendez at one forty five. And then, obviously, his fight against Khabib was very interesting. Um, taking down every single round. More than once in some rounds. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting. It, I think he just needs to go out and stick to his attacking mindset. I remember McGregor said after his fight against Khabib that the training wasn't really where it should have been it was mainly just focused on defense and takedown defense and what you're going to do on the ground when you get taken down because they already went in with the mindset that you know Khabib's the, one of the best wrestlers ever in this in this sport really especially in the division one of the best ever um so I will get taken down and I'm going to have to try to survive there until I get put back up because every round starts on the feet. So that whole camp, you know, they they were very defensive and planned for that. 
But that striking, they didn't they didn't focus on enough. And Khabib has been has been hit. When he fought Ally Quinta, he had been hit. And and he had definitely felt it. Um and no one hits like Connor does. No one hits like Connor does. His fight against Eddie Alvarez, that first clean shot that hit Eddie's chin, boom, dropped him. Like it was nothing. I mean, he got back up, recovered. Second clean shot, which kind of hit Eddie's cheek almost. Like upper upper chin, cheek. Um, boom, dropped him. I mean, with that kind of power, you got you to gotta utilize that in any kind of fight you have. And I think if they tried to plan more on the offensive side and tried to find pick-and-choose spots where McGregor can just get out of situations and, and land those strikes, not that McGregor should have played really passive, but I think if he just kept his distance a little bit more, you know, force could be to try to come inside, and then McGregor can, you know, counter or or throw straight or jabs or whatever as Khabib is coming in, that would have been a little more effective. Obviously, I'm not a uh, MMA coach, but that that's that's just something I think he should have tried or tried to utilize. Um, probably would have been better for him. But uh, we'll see. We'll see in the future if they fight again. I'm putting my money on Connor just because I've never seen a guy who is so confident in his ability and is so prepared every time he every time he goes in, besides that one could be fight. But every fight he comes in like he's the best fighter in the world. No one can no one can tell him otherwise. He you know, he thinks he's the name of the brand, the image of the brand. He thinks he is the UFC. He owns the UFC is pretty much what he believes. It's all revolves around him. I mean, it's a great mentality to have. People don't like it, but I think it's a great mentality to have. And I think that conf- I think confidence helps in a million different ways. And no matter what you're doing, it doesn't have to be MMA. It could be, you know, your job or anything. If you have confidence in yourself, you will perform much better. And it's just a fact. And he's had the most confidence in the world since he started, you know, as a, as a teenager. He thought he was the best fighter in the world as a teenager. He would have fought Aldo after a couple years in MMA. He would have. All right, so that looks like it's that's all it for today. Um, I mean, I'm super excited for what the UFC has this year. There's great, there's going to be some great, great fights coming up. I mean, you already have the Adesanya Romero one scheduled. Um, uh an event on ESPN, um, March twenty eighth. You have Francis Ngannou, Ngannou versus Rosenstreich. Unbelievable fight. Both just complete knockout artists. And Khabib and Tony Ferguson. Um, and that's that's all just scheduled, and that's that's only until April. That's in April. You have all that fights coming up. So uh, definitely a great start to the year. I am so excited to to see to, you know to watch what happens with all these divisions how 
Nunez and them and Chevchenko are going to handle their division. What's next for McGregor? How Khabib can get through Tony Ferguson? Because Tony's been deserving this for a long time, this fight. It's going to be a great fight. Um, Adesanya, it's going to be great. If you're not into the sport that much, you definitely should get into it. It's it's such a fun sport to follow. You know, it's nice. All these... You know, all these people are just regular people that that just love fighting, love what they do. They have the most respect in the world for everyone around them. You know, they're people you want to look up to because they have, you know, the dedication to train every single day. Um, and remember, they're fighting, you know, in front of, if it's on TV, millions and millions of people. You got, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people in the stadium watching it right and if you lose you get beat up and you lose you get knocked out could get a concussion in front of that many people so they're putting they're putting themselves all out you know all out every time they go fight um and it's just a very respectable thing and it's i'm so happy i got into the sport i'm so happy i get to talk about it um with my you know as much leisure as I can, really. Um, again, if if you don't know who I am, Kevin Schuster. You know, I I go to University of Massachusetts Amherst right now, and uh, they send me up with this, you know, great podcast studio. Um, you know, I have all the time in the world to come in here, and and you know, express my opinions on all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, it's just a great thing. It's a great opportunity. I love doing it. And I hope to be doing it for a long time. Um, I'm just started here. I'm a, I'm a freshman. You know, the UFC is still a pretty young sport compared to the majority of them. And so I hope to be doing this for a long time. And everyone who listened today, I really appreciate it. Because this is just a start for me. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I can't wait to keep making, you know, more episodes of this. I got some friends that I'm going to try to make some with that, that are coming to visit um, about different things. I'll try to branch off, um, have some episodes about maybe the NFL or just, uh, you know, non-sports topics. But um, for now, MMA has got me hooked. I just started doing MMA myself at uh, NESF. It's uh, New England Submission Fighting. It's this place uh, about 10 minutes away from me in Amherst. Um, just learning. My, my main thing is kickboxing. But, you know, I'm trying to learn everything, you know, like the wrestling, MMA, jiu-jitsu, all of it. It's been a blast. And I don't see, you know, me leaving my, my love for this sport anytime soon. So, again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I put some ice on you because you got a call. I know I got to keep my shorty on go, go. Drop that ass to the floor, bro. Yeah.